Good morning. So who knows, God might give us some rain as a reminder today of his love for us. Certainly in California, rain is, uh, is uh, something I don't think we've ever complained about. Maybe, well, maybe. <laughs> Does anybody complain about rain? This is a confession. Not really. California. <clears throat> so this morning, I have a friend in Norway, amazing person. Judy and I met when we were together uh, a couple of years in Oslo, Steve, Stephen, Stephen, uh, at, oh, it's someone else. It's another Stephen. I can't tell that story about him. So anyway, <laughs> I mean, this is so good. I got to read it to you. A man is stumbling through the woods, totally inebriated, when he comes upon a preacher baptizing people in the river. He walks into the water, subsequently bumps into the preacher. The preacher turns around, is almost overcome by the aroma and uh, of the booze, and he asks the drunk, are you ready to find Jesus? <laughs> he says, yes, I am. Well, of course, he's inebriated too. But he, and so the preacher grabs him, dunks him in the river, pulls him up, and asks, brother, have you found Jesus? He replies, no, I haven't. Preacher's shocked at his answer, dunks him again, and <laughs> a bit longer this time. So again, the drunk, and he says, brother, have you found Jesus? No, I have not found Jesus. By this time, the preacher is at his wit's end. He dunks a drunk in the water again, but this time he holds him down for 30 seconds. He begins kicking his arms and legs. The preacher pulls him up. <laughs> the preacher asks the drunk again, for the love of God, <laughs> have you found Jesus? And the drunk wipes his eyes and catches his breath and says to the preacher, <laughs> are you sure this is where he fell in? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I, I think about it and I still laugh, so here we go. <clears throat> this, this morning I'm going to teach on the theme, Beholding God in Everything. And I started by just providing some scriptures that have the word behold in them. So, any of you know what a concordance is? I don't know if we even need them anymore because we have Google. A concordance is where you, we've got one that any word you know, it's in a Bible verse, you just put, go look for the word behold and you'll find all the scriptures. And this is a good one just to do a, a word study, which I'm going to do with you. But also I wanted to list some from your notes. Does anybody need a teaching outline? Got one to look on because you, I am going to refer to them a few times. <clears throat> so this one's from John 1, verse 29. Instead of the word behold, the one translation has look. There he is. <laughs> so that's kind of a good, okay, we're going to behold God and everything. So it's, I want to look. Oh, there he is. Oh, where's Jesus? Well, he's here with us now. He's, he's with Sean. He's with people we love. But here is John the Baptist. This is a saying to those who are in the area. There he is. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Then in Revelation, a great verse, see, behold, I am making all things new. So glad that God saying, didn't say, I'm throwing out the old one, I'm making all new things. No, he said, I'm making all things new. So he, he refreshes and re renews and transforms us actually to be something that we weren't before. That's an interesting definition of transformation. I become something I have never been. 
And uh, so Revelation 3.20, some of you memorize this verse, Behold, or here I am, uh, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. It's a great verse for encouraging us to invite Jesus to stand uh, into, our, in, <coughs> into our hearts. And you know the pictures about that? When Jesus stands, anyone opens the door, the, the key for the, the door is on the inside. So we've so we got to open it up from the inside to ask Jesus into our lives. Uh, Isaiah 40, get up to the high mountain. Lift up your voice, shout. Say to the cities of Judah, behold, your God. Some of you know the Messiah quite well. And this is some important part of the, that whole musical or the whole story of the Messiah. But I have a, a favorite song now that I want to show you. It's on YouTube and a couple of reasons. Uh, it has the word behold in it. Behold, behold, your Lord comes to you. It's actually a very common scripture for uh, Christmas, the incarnation. But this song, which you'll see now on YouTube, is, uh, the name of it is Climb to the Top of the Highest Mountain. We've got some mountains here. We could climb to the top of them and shout, the Lord is here. But it's sung by St. Olaf Choir and a Norwegian girls' choir. And it's sung in a cathedral in Trondheim. And in two months, like July 7th, so two months from today, Judy and I, one month, two months, that we will be in the cathedral in Trondheim, where we, when you'll see some pictures of it, with an excursion. We're taking our granddaughter, 16-year-old granddaughter, on a, to Norway with us now and for a week, and then I'll stay on and teach. So you can follow along the song uh, with the words in your, on your bulletin or just listen and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you through this music.
haven't quite figured out why I cry every time I hear it. <laughs> I guess, actually, I think tears for me are a response to feeling God's love. So, for the most part, or a lot of my tears in worship are just Holy Spirit love and the presence touching me. Um, so, if you look at your notes, I'm going to talk about some uh, beholding God in everything. And the first note is uh, to think about the word thin places. I think I briefly mentioned to you before, but I, I want to talk about it a little bit more. If we think about God's presence, He's omnipotent. Uh, God is omnipresent. So wherever we are, that He's present everywhere. Um, omniscient, He knows everything. But when we talk about beholding God in everything, what we're doing is looking at places where there's a sense of God's manifest presence. He's here touching me. And I, or I could feel it. There's a knowing that I'm, God is, is near and he's present to me. And I, I, in your notes, I talk about this, the origin of the word thin places. There's a Celtic saying that heaven and earth are only three feet, three feet apart. But in the thin places, that distance is even smaller. So a thin place is where the veil that separates heaven and earth is lifted and we feel close to God's manifest love and presence. The, man, the metaphor, thin places, comes from 5th century Celtic Christianity. And then these, this is my thought. Thin places are grace connections, being God's favorite, special. Grace means I, am God's, I have God's favor. I'm special when I feel his presence. When, if I pay attention, I say I'm special to God because he wants me to know that he's right here. And it's like this, the thin places, there's nothing between, between God and us. It's just really thin. We can feel close to him. And so I asked the question, what are your favorite thin places? And I mentioned some, maybe that one of those fits you. <clears throat> Worship, singing hymns. Um, certain hymns that are your favorites, Holy Communion, ancient prayers. There are some prayers of the church uh, that you memorized. And, and, and uh, Lord, to whom all hearts are open, no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts. And that's part of a liturgy, some ancient prayers of the church. The Lord's Prayer, in a way, is like an ancient prayer. Creation. Walking, talking with God, art, scripture, mountains, blessings. Um, I like to give blessings this morning. I have a Starbucks. That's kind of my tradition now. When I come here, I go over my notes at Starbucks there in <clears throat> Highland and the 210. And um, so I met, I've met a guy there, and I've talked to him before, and he's a black guy. I found out he was, grew up Baptist. And uh, just a special flavor. So he's with another guy this morning, and as I'm going out, I thought, oh, I'm, I went over and I invited him. If you want to hear me preach, you can come down to here, down here at Church Street in Highland. And, uh, and the friend of the black, the black guy, or the African-American anyway, he, he says, yeah, I know that stop sign there. I, I hate that damn thing. <laughs> I mean, the stop and go light. And I think, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I said, I knew the, my African-American friend would be like this. I said, God bless you. And he said, thank you. Now, I say it often enough to know when some people are, are actually receiving it. 
And, I, and this past week, I was uh, up early. We go, Judy and I go at 6.30 to a gym for training and circuit training. And we got to know one of the gals really well. And she just been telling me, I said, about Memorial Day, she got up, she'll get up tomorrow morning at 6 and go to Mexico. And I apparently, so then she's showing me some of the, bit, you know, the pictures of what you can, you can get a package for Memorial Day and, um, and Memorial, Week, Memorial Day weekend in Mexico and the, the pictures, uh, there's some parties going on and things are out of control because of the alcohol, of course, it doesn't cost a lot, for, especially tequila, right? So she's, no, she is comforted, I, she shared with me before, that her, a friend, who's also a trainer, he's taking him down there, so she'll be okay. So I said, well, have fun. Uh, goodbye. And she said, you didn't give me a blessing. And well, often when I say goodbye, I will say, I'll give him a sign of the cross and a blessing. So I said, blessings. And she said, thank you. I need that. So the point of the story is that when, I, when people receive our blessings, I get joy. And so I feel God's presence in the joy. And then I've already talked about tears. Number two, we behold God when we meditate on a scripture passage and journal what we experience. And I give you these four ways of meditating on scripture that may be a little different than you have experienced before, some of the history of this way of reading the Bible actually comes from St. Ignatius of Loyola. He actually lived during the time of Martin Luther in the 1500s. And so I've added there, quiet, before you start meditating on Scripture, do the breathing, quiet down, slow, just try that two gentle breaths. Try it now from here. See, I can, I start getting connected right there. Just a slow breath. I mean, breath is in Hebrew, ruach is the word, ruach is the word for spirit. So then, these are the four things you do when you, you read a scripture, and you can do this with a hymn. Actually, you can do this with um, noticing what Holy Spirit is highlighting. If, if you're going to a church and it's boring, now this one wouldn't fit, but for that, <laughs> but... What I do is I just, okay, Holy Spirit, you're going to highlight some part of the service, a word in the song, a word in the scripture, even a word in the creed, and, and highlight, and that's kind of wanted, God wanted me to minister through that word. And so then, and then what you do then, if you do a journal, or you can just write it down. How many of you journal? Anybody here? A few of you? Some people really... Don't hate journaling. You probably even even thought about it enough to hate it, but yeah. So we got one, <laughs> and so you write. You like this, Nancy Ortberg. She's married to John Ortberg, an author, and she wrote a whole whole article on Jesus never journaled. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll comfort you, Brett. Um, okay, so you write. So you pick out a verse in the scripture. Then this is maybe different. You're going to imagine Jesus' presence when you're doing this as you read. And then ask Jesus, Jesus, help, find, help me find where I am in the story. So this only works with the gospel stories, this way of doing it. But So, okay, where could I imagine myself? And then I ask Jesus, what he wants me to know? But I've highlighted that scripture or a phrase. 
and ask Jesus what he wants me to know. And then after I've heard, then I respond with gratitude. So here are a couple examples of what I did recently, doing what I call Emmanuel scriptural, Scripture Meditations, beholding God, paying attention, noticing God. And the one is from Luke 10, where these disciples, 72, returned from this fantastic mission. They saw people get deliverance and healed. And Jesus is rejoicing. He also says, that's not that big a deal. The main thing to rejoice about is your name is written in the book of life. But then in verse 21, this is the verse the Holy Spirit highlighted for me. Jesus prayed, praise you, Father, you reveal your love to those who become like trusting children. That's, I thought, oh yeah, the word children hit me, and trusting, it was lit up for me, and then I imagined, where am I in that story? Well, I thought, I'm right there with the 72 disciples. Jesus is talking to them, and then, and so then I see, see Jesus comes over, and he sees me, but he doesn't see the adult me. He sees me as a little boy, like in the song, the little children that, he, that Jesus cares for. And he's so happy to be with me. And when I ask him what do you want me to know, he says, I see you longing. You're longing for me and others to be glad to be with you. I see you as a playful child. I see the little boy, Joey. I see and hear your heart's desire to be seen and loved. Other side, then I respond with thank you, Jesus, for delighting in me. The transfiguration story is familiar where Jesus is there with Elijah and Moses, I think it is, on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Jesus speaks again to, well, actually, Peter and John are there. And Jesus, uh, and we read this scripture, which I, was highlighted for me by the Holy Spirit. And God's voice suddenly spoke from the cloud, saying, This is my dearly loved son. Always listen to him. So I imagine, where am I? Okay, where would I imagine? Well, I'm right there with Peter and John. Father speaking to me the same words he's speaking to Peter and John. Joe, always listen to my son, Jesus. Ah, uh -huh. that feels true. And then I respond, Father, I'm grateful for your love for me, the same love you had for your son, Jesus. Isn't that interesting that we could be, we, that's what it is, says in John 17, Jesus prays, Father, I pray that the same love, that love you have for me, people today in the house of God will feel and know. And so then I pray, I'm grateful to you, Father, for your love, for Jesus, your son, and for me, and I'm feeling joy. So number four, we behold God through practicing the Emmanuel lifestyle. That's the God with us lifestyle, Emmanuel. Psalm 139, which Marlene read so well, is uh, called, I call an Emmanuel psalm. God's there, and he first starts right out. Joe, I know you. Think about that, Jesus God says today, I know you. And then he talks about being with us in the mother's womb and having a plan for our sealed orders. God thought before we were even conceived, he had an idea of what, what purpose it was for our life. But anyway, so one way, and I've taught you, I think I've taught this a little bit, but it's so good, I'm going to do it again. One way we practice uh, Emmanuel lifestyle uh, Oh, I'm skipping to number a little. I got to read this here first. So, talking to God about everything, and this is uh, Philippians four six. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. 
offering your requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. And so when we practice this lifestyle of God being with us, there's a rhythm that we nurture of, of joy and of rest. Joy and high energy and rest. Some of you like high energy worship songs a little more. Other of you like restful worship. And there's actually a shaloming your body exercise you could do. <laughs> it goes like this. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you, Lord. Try it with me. You go like this. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you, O Lord. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you, O Lord. What you're doing is you're regulating the high, you're regulating your emotions, actually. When you do that, and then whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you, Lord. So the, I mentioned the joy and peace. That's actually the goal of, of doing this Emmanuel lifestyle is that we experience joy, God glad to be with us, and peace. It's a kind of sense of rest. Um, and I've got a scripture verse there, Psalm 16, 11. In your presence there is fullness of joy. Interesting, there's no Hebrew word for presence. <laughs> I, I just learned that. So whenever the... the, the the writer, Hebrew writer, Old Testament, wants to talk about God's presence. The, the word that they use is a word for face in Hebrew, panim. So when I give the benediction today, I will pray, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord be gracious unto you and make his face known to you. And then lift up his countenance, turn his face toward you. That's a benediction of God's presence. And peace is the quiet side of joy. Knowing everything is in God's hands, it's going to be okay. God will work all things out for good. And then rest, we need to remember to breathe. This helps us to rest. And then I was jumping ahead to hear interactive gratitude. We practice beholding God through interactive gratitude. And so you're going to do a little exercise. Just kind of pretend you're, this is now a Bible class, a retreat, and you're going to take a card out. So Laura... Or who needs a card and a pen? Or we need both, so maybe John, Tom. Brett just had to take a break. So hold your hand if you need a card and, you, and a pen. There's some over here. Keep your hand up. I'm going to have you write something, and then I'm going to have you read it to the person next to you. So I'd like you all to do this, but it's okay to pass. You'll still go to heaven if you pass. <laughs> so on the, on the one side, you're going to write loving God. Or if you're going to write a letter to God, how would you address it? Dear God, um, loving God, or dear Jesus, write that on one side of your card. Go ahead and do that now. I like, sometimes I, mostly I say, dear Jesus or dear Father. And then, on the other side, turn the card over, you're going, God's going to respond saying, dear child, dear Joe. I like to put my name in, God responding to me. He would call me by name, dear Joe, dear son or daughter. 
Okay? So turn the card back over. So the grateful one side now is just to, what do you know, where do you notice uh, now just as, start noticing what are you feeling grateful for today or this past week? Um, it could be a person. I wrote, Dear Jesus, I'm grateful for clouds and mountains on the clouds for rain. So you can pick out anything you want to write down a grateful. Grateful for something that happened already in worship. Grateful for, it can be a real little thing or a big thing. Okay, on the other side, turn it over, and here you are right. You just told God you're grateful, right? <laughs> so part of prayer is not just talking to God, but it's listening. And so God just heard you, what you're great, tell him what he's grateful for. <clears throat> so now it takes a little, take a breath, a deep breath again, but um, listen for God's response to your grateful. And, and most of the time, God speaks to us through our thoughts or impressions. I wrote, dearly, dearly loved Joe, you are my friend. You bless me when you listen to me. So I, most, I text most of the time when I do this rather than journal. Okay, go ahead and write God's response. You might think about, what, God, what's your response to what I just told you? Okay, now you will amplify you will, it's what happened to you when you did this by sharing it with someone else. Plus, one way that, one thing that helps behold God is for a friend to share what's their experience with God. So, and you help another one person when you share. 
And um, so I'd like you to get in twos or threes and read what you wrote. So maybe you three and you three and you want to go ahead and be with Brian and anybody else need someone to just read what you wrote, okay? Okay. <clears throat> Sometimes when I share what I'm grateful for, I get there's some emotion that happens just when I say it out loud. I'm going to, it'll be a little bit before you. I got, yeah. Okay, so I've got a few more points and then we'll do a prayer exercise. Number five, we behold God's presence in creation. This was my post on Facebook, May 20th. Some of you haven't asked me to be your friend yet. <laughs> so, uh, you know, some of your people, uh, they're like Jessica's a friend, so just look her name and she, oh, you can find me there. So I wrote, and then I, I'm a little embarrassed about this, but this is my selfie uh, at Sunset Beach here. And uh, on Monday, I had a cancellation, so I thought, I'm going to go to the beach. And so then I wrote, Beholding God's presence manifest in the beauty of creation walking on Sunset Beach with a spectacular blue sky and white cumulus clouds, the sound of strong ocean waves, feeling tearful and grateful, appreciating God's love for me. So creation is, the beauty of creation is God's goodness and love made present to our senses, a thin place. Beauty warms and opens our hearts to God's goodness. Now, on Wednesday night, I remembered this appreciation moment, and I said, asked Jesus, where were you when I was walking on the beach? <laughs> and I, this hasn't happened to me before. I'm, I remember I'm, trying, I'm taking a selfie, and he's laughing at me, taking a <laughs> selfie, or maybe laughing with me as I do my selfie, because I'm pretty much a rookie at that. Okay, number six, beholding God through friendship with each person of the Trinity. We've got Trinity Sunday coming up after Pentecost, now here in June. I don't think I'll be here that Sunday, but I have taught on the Trinity. So I put in here, when I pray different prayers to the, to the Father, prayers to Jesus, prayers to Holy Spirit, that's a way of beholding God, who God is. So I pray, Father, thank you, I'm your son. And I pray to Jesus, I'm to thank you, Jesus, for being with me, that being my friend. Holy Spirit, I, I need your strength today. So that's one way of beholding God in our life is to uh, talk or pray to each person of the Trinity. 
And this prayer I prayed, uh, God gave me this prayer to pray for my, my, my teaching in, in Norway in July because I'm going to minister healing of the Father's love. And the, the sons and daughters of Norway miss, need a Father's love. Um, so I, this is my prayer, and I pray it for you, people of House of God. I pray that you will hear Father's voice speaking his love to your heart. Why not? That's what we heard. Jesus heard the Father's voice speaking to his heart and in, in transfiguration. You're my son. And at his baptism, the fathers, he heard the Father's voice say, you're my son and I love you. So uh, I pray that, you, pray that you might hear the Father say that. You're my child, you're, you're, my, you're my son or daughter, and I love you. Behold, number seven, beholding God, receiving spiritual direction, answering these questions. Now, Judy is graduating next month after three years of studying uh, to be a spiritual director. So I asked for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So she gets a certificate from Loyola University, but she's already been doing it. So... And I've sent some of you her research paper on inter intercession and spiritual direction. But here's some questions that she uses when she talks to a directee to help them identify or behold God, notice what God's doing in your life. Any of you had a spiritual director? So we didn't grow up in that in, in Lutheran churches. It's much more common, has been more common in Catholic church. But it is, there's a whole move of the spirit on Spiritual direction. It's really, direction is more, you don't get direction except from God, which is good. What do you long for? What's your heart's desire? Heat's desire, there should be a heart. Uh, how or when have you felt God's love? What is your heart telling you to do now? What does joy, peace, and pray, joy and peace or prayer look like to you? What would you like to ask Jesus about? Where do you see God in that? Ask Jesus, how do you want to love me? What do you want me to know? So um, we're going to do an exercise uh, today, uh, which is going to be quite simple, but it's going to be a, probably a little different. Um, I, th I think at the time, it's just an opportunity to let God use your prayers to help people connect to God's presence. And it's called a prayer without words. And you won't say any, you won't pray out loud, but you will each pair up. And if I was, I was uh, Mar Marlene's partner was sitting, I would just put my hand on her shoulder and I'm gonna pray silently for a couple minutes, two or three minutes. And, and Marlene's not gonna, she's gonna just think about receiving and maybe breathing deeply. So you're no pressure to perform when you do this, but it's an opportunity to, to minister praying with touch. So um, if you want to just be a prayer, I mean, really, you can do this without saying anything. So all, you're, all you have to do is do this silently. So put your hand on the shoulder of your partner and so go ahead and find a partner.
Thank you for doing this. You guys are great. How many have got tears? Would you raise your hand and drop some tears? One of the, just one comment about it is just think of what a gift it is to have someone pray for you for two minutes and love you in prayer. I mean, I, that's a big gift for me. And so thank you for doing that for each other and also receiving from each other. So bless, Lord, your grace and work in our lives and uh, the freedom that you give us to receive and give. What a gift it is to have someone receive from me when I pray for them and receive from you through my prayers. In Jesus' name, amen.